Right now is an important time in our country's history where we can't afford to sit by and not call out bad behavior when we see it. Tonight's episode is about Trapped by Trapped, but more importantly about Trapped's lead singer, Chris Taylor Brown. Before we get into this album, we'd like to deliver a message directly to him. So here's the thing, Chris. This is America. And you can believe anything you want up until the point where you are hurting people, or you encouraging others to hurt people, or you're encouraging hate speech. You're a coward with a platform, and you don't deserve one. Weaponizing your Twitter account to berate women, act like a bully, and spread disinformation makes you a piece of shit. Your entire timeline is a time capsule devoted to bad takes. You seem to take pride in being a troll, but you just aren't good at it, man. You've been dunked on and dunked on and dunked on over and over again, and you keep coming back. You're not gaining new fans. You're just cementing your legacy as a guy that wrote a shitty song that became a hit during an era of really, really bad rock music. And you haven't done shit. You're stuck in the circuit of playing out-of-market bars and grills and county fairs, hoping the crowd doesn't wander over to the pool tables or the funnel cake stand before you play the one song they might have ever heard. We believe that Black Lives Matter, and you're listening to Days of the New. Hey, Kevin, how you doing today? I'm feeling fucking headstrong right now. <laughs> how can it not be? Like, for a song that I don't even like, I've been, like, playing air drums to it all day. Like, it's not even a catchy song, and it's stuck in my head. It's, it's I'm miserable. I have been so headstrong. <laughs> like, and I've listened to more versions of headstrong than I ever wanted to my entire life. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, well, if you haven't gathered here, we are here to talk about Trapped. If you have listened to this show, you know who Trapped is because uh, we've talked about him a few times. And their lead singer, Chris Taylor Brown, uh, and his antics on Twitter. Seeing as they've been in the news a lot lately and a lot of other bands, including current new metal bands and some hardcore bands, have been just Twitter beefing with this guy. Uh, we felt like the time was right to, to talk about Trapped's first album. Yeah, Nick, you are way more Twitter savvy than me. Sure. And you are always up for a fight. I, I, you know, in the fight, flight, or freeze, I'm like somewhere between freeze and flight. And you fucking love going to town with these guys. So our listeners know this is the guy who's beefed with Ronnie Radke and future president of the United States, Donald Trump. Yeah, and Jose Canseco. We were enemies for a little while. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I like a good Twitter fight, but I like to, like, get my big punch in and then just mute them. So, like, I never hear from them again, and they could just scream into the void, but they're never going to get their message to me. Full disclosure, less than 24 hours ago, the days of the new Twitter page was blocked by Trap. Uh, which is funny because I've been just hammering this guy from my personal account and it's not trapped. The straw that broke the camel's back was, uh, so if you don't know, he is a giant Make America Great Again pro-Trump account. That's basically what Trap's account has turned into. To the And, you know, whatever. You can have whatever political opinions you believe. Uh, and I'll get into this a little bit later, but he's a jerk and he's insulting and he spreads conspiracy theories. And it's one of those nightmare accounts that we've had to deal with. So one of his allies said, you should bring Trap down to one of these BLM protests and show them what's up. And I typed from the days of the new account, that'd be a pretty good way to clear the crowd. And he blocked it immediately. <laughs> so Headstrong to, to take on anyone except the days of the new Twitter. Ugh. And I'm sure a million others who have heard his fifis. Oh, little guy. All right, so let's talk about Trapped. They were formed in the mid-90s in Los Gatos when some of the members were in a NoFX cover band called The Swinging Utters. Now let me now let me say that sentence one more time. A no effects band called Swinging Utters. I'll say the obvious for our listeners that might not listen to punk music, but there is a band called Swinging Utters that's been around forever, and they are actually signed to the lead singer of No Effects's record label. So these kids aren't smart. Let's establish that now. 
they ended up reforming as a new act called Trapped when they uh, added Chris Taylor Brown on vocals. Uh, and some other dudes whose names don't really matter fill out the rest of the band because it's a revolving door. Yeah. And I mean, you never really see them in the videos. They, I think, are probably all hired guns at this point. Oh, the bassist. The bassist okay. uh, is the only other original member of Trapped. Oh, well, he's important because he doesn't play the bass in the videos so much as like violently punch the bass. That's like his signature move. So I'm glad he's still around. What a friend. Well, yeah. And I mean, you know that they're just just cowards like this guy's completely hijacked their band into becoming a rabid twitter account and like they're all just cool with it i don't know but anyway they hopped right onto that new metal wagon and uh they got some local traction and pretty soon they were opening shows for papa roach and other touring bands and they got that big record deal they signed to warner brothers and they headed right into the studio to shit out their self-titled it should be noted that trapped describes themselves as post new metal which is a dumber name for a genre than new metal itself. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. No, we're post-metal. You know that terrible thing? We're what happens after that terrible thing. We're the more terrible thing. Uh, so, uh, Kevin, how would you describe trap sound both on this record and when they first started out? Whew. Okay, so their first album, Amalgamation, sounds like in that time that these kind of bands existed, it sounds like a mid-tier local band that probably got like their first headlining shot and they're they're usually used to like opening but they got their first headlining shot and they got way too drunk before they went on <laughs> and, the, and 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 the show ran late and they took a while getting sound checked and they're all fucked up and then finally they play to their girlfriends and like those two dudes from work who showed up uh, who they begged to, to come and they showed up. It is a fucking mess. It is, <laughs> it, it is just, all right, from a production standpoint, it's just dog shit. Well, there isn't any. Yeah. And then, dude, like Chris, Chris Taylor Brown, he tries barn it up. He tries to, he tries to fucking just drop, you know, drop a saucy fucking 16. I mean, it's, it's rip off Limp Bizkit. I mean, it's horrible rap metal. It's a terrible album. Don't li listen to, listen to the second track on there. And, and then never listen to it again because it's so bad. So uh, a thing that happened is, all you know, I mean, everybody was in a new metal band, right? And the time between when you start the band, the time you get signed, and the time that your first album is recorded, can be a little while. So by the time that these guys like got to the record deal, the rap part was out of new metal. Like there weren't rap metal bands anymore. It was very unfashionable, but new metal still churned alone. So they and a lot of bands were like this. There was a local band in Chicago that I really liked when I was super into rap metal called 5.0 that got signed to Roadrunner, and I was so jealous. And when the album came out, all the rap parts were gone from the songs that were on their demo that they re-recorded. So that's the same thing that Trap did. They sound like two completely different bands. So this album hit number 42 on the Billboard 200 chart and spent more than 80 exhausting weeks inside the top 200. It's certified platinum and it clocks in at a painful 53 minutes and 10 seconds. You feel every single second of this album. It is, oh God, this was a tough one, dude. It was. Now, one thing I will say about this record, we'll we'll talk about the songwriting and all that kind of stuff, but I want to talk about the production first and the producer. This album sounds good. Like the drums sound good. The guitars sound super rad. It's mixed really well. And I wanna I wanna tell you why. Do you do you know much about G -G -G Garth? No. <laughs> okay. So the producer of this record's name is Garth Richardson. He professionally goes by the name Gugagarth because he stutters. Oh. oh. And like, that's horrible. But that's, I mean, his website is like GGGARTH.com, I think. Dude, way to own it. He owns it, right? So, so here is a goddamn weird list of albums that he has produced in addition to Trapped. Now, bear with me for a second. I'm going to say a bunch of albums here. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Mother's Milk. Spine Shake, The Height of Callousness. Mudvayne, LD50, Kitty, Spit, okay? The last three kind of make sense. Yeah. How about this? From Autumn to Ashes, The Fiction We Live. What the fuck? Gallows, Great Britain, <laughs> Beloved, Failure On. No. What the hell, right? No. These are great, great albums. You want to know the best album he recorded? Yeah. A little self-titled album that changed the world called Rage Against the Machine. Holy shit. So they got one of the best producers of all time to make this record. Yeah. 
So how did Gagarth go from making some of the best music I've ever heard to making Trapped by Trapped? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I, I don't know. I was asking you because oh, I don't fucking know. Oh, God, no. I, I, I would imagine um, either somebody had like some uh, terrible, terrible blackmail on him or um, <laughs> th- this album came out in what, 2002? ish oh uh, yeah yeah october 2002 man that's that's a tidy little paycheck right there yeah i was say maybe it was just like eh, i could use an escalade yeah yeah no this is garth buys a boat <laughs> oh god okay so the album cover it's a picture of a man mowing a, a lawn so i actually found an interview uh with vh1 where chris taylor brown i'm i'm going to refer to him with all three names like i would if he was a serial killer because that's how, I, how much i think of him yeah if, if he killed the president or something it would be chris taylor brown <laughs> yeah, but that's what he goes by so whatever so chris taylor brown stated the picture of a man mowing a lawn was selected to show the choices and results an individual can make in life he elaborated everyone has this path they think they should take it's the safe route you go to college you wake up every day and mow the lawn and go to work for eight or nine hours a day we didn't want to do that we wanted to say that you don't have to do what everyone else does it was an eerie picture like it was straight out of american beauty so we thought it was cool to have on the front Fuck you. I just want to go back to selected to show the choices and results an individual can make in life. Man, talk about living your fucking truth. Let's get into it, Kevin. Are you ready to make new metal great again? Oh, God, not really, but uh, I'm here. All right. So the leadoff track, which was a massive success, is Headstrong. This is the only song that anybody knows this band for. It was released in October of 2002. Uh, It was a legit hit single. It was the only hit from their debut album, which did have three singles. Uh, Somehow the world didn't end, but it hit number one on the Billboard mainstream rock chart for a week. And for five weeks on the modern rock chart, it ultimately hit number four on Billboard's mainstream top 40. And it won two Billboard Music Awards, which literally means nothing. You want to know other big winners at the 2003 Billboard Awards? Please. The artist of the year was 50 Cent, and R. Kelly won four awards. Whew. You know, out of the three, only, uh, only one aged well. <laughs> and it's not Robert Kelly. And it's the guy that challenged Mayweather to uh, donate to a charity if he could read a page from a Harry Potter book. <laughs> yep, yep. 50 Cent kind of rules. <laughs> yeah, no, 50 Cent's the best. All right, so Headstrong was rated the number one alternative song and number eight rock song of the decade of the 2000s by Billboard. I I don't know how, but I I saw this on Wikipedia. I thought it was funny. In 2018, an official poll by Ultimate Guitar saw the site's users rate Headstrong as having the fourth worst guitar riff of all time. Wow. I never thought about that. I mean, it's terrible. Oh, God. All right. So anyway, Chris Taylor Brown shows us who he thinks he is right away. Headstrong to take on anyone. I know that you are wrong, and this is not where you belong. Yeah, this guy, he automatically establishes himself, and he really repeats this throughout the rest of the album, that he is the authority on seeing into the very fabric of people's souls. Musically, this sounds like the track that Story of the Year said, nah, we got enough on the album, and just left it off. <laughs> like, all these songs really sound like something that Story of the Year just fucking shelved. Well, uh, this song's super long. Yeah. I don't I don't know why it's so long. It hardly has a bridge. I found a radio version of it that clocked in at 3 minutes and 58 seconds. The studio version is 4 minutes and 46 seconds, but they both feel about 10 minutes. Dude. I got to the 245 mark and I was astounded that I was only halfway through the song. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, the first time I heard this song, I remember I was in the car and I was like, well, that's it. It's dead. This is the song that killed new metal. Yep. It has no angst, no honesty. It's fucking boring. The melodies aren't particularly good. Literally anyone could sing this. And I will say, as we talked about Jay Gordon, Chris Taylor Brown, from a talent perspective of being a singer, is in the top tier of, of people that can carry a tune and have a strong singing voice. He like he sings like he's trying to be in a boy band a lot of the time, but that was the fashion at the time, right? Yeah, it, you know, it. and I know we'll get into the video in a minute, but it really seems like around that time, they signed this fucking new metal band and they're like, oh God, it's dead. And they dress him up and he kind of acts 
like that new wave of emo, like that story of yeah. the year vibe oh, that's yeah. coming out. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna we're on the same page. So for all you guys that that listen to the show, me and Kevin don't talk about what we're gonna talk about until we get here. So it's funny to both of us that we land on the same talking points sometimes. All we say is, "This is your your album. Go listen to it." And that that's yep. it. So great minds man okay so there's like this kind of like process scream that leads into the chorus that's you know what i'm talking about oh, yeah yeah like have you heard the live version of it when he tries to do that oh jesus no <laughs> it's 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 funny because he can't do it like Gilgit garth just dropped that sample in there <laughs> like i think it's played in reverse like yeah it's like that every band started to drop that in because like they saw what was happening on warp tour but like they were just a little too gunshot yeah for sure like the used already had a radio hit that had actual screaming in it you know yeah Anyway, there's some kind of cool guitar parts, but the main riff, the part that's supposed to be heavy, just isn't. It's really boring. Once we get to the bridge, the guitars start doing this kind of like mathy, like minus the bear kind of like clean guitar thing. And it's it's kind of cool. It sounds good. And then Chris Taylor Brown just shits all over it and jumps in with this, I know, I know all about, I know, and it doesn't need to be there. Like, why, why can't, why can it not be about you for 10 seconds? But that's, that's who trap. That's who Chris Taylor Brown is, and that's what Trapped is. It's a bunch of nameless guys and a megalomaniacal dickhead with a microphone. You know what he is not, though? Very good at reading contracts, because I believe it was in 2005 we got the re-record of Headstrong. And Nick, what do we always know about a band who releases a re-recorded version (laughs) of their biggest hit? Uh, It means that they don't own the masters. That's exactly what it means. (laughs) So, So wait a second. Okay, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in a minute, but he brags on Twitter about how much money he makes in royalties. He doesn't get the royalties if he doesn't own the masters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he gets he gets absolute dick from Headstrong. So the only reason that any band, no social distortion didn't go, man, you know what? I just really love story of my life so much that I want to go record it 10 years later. No, you fucked up. You got your money fucked up. You didn't read your contract. And now you don't have a pot to piss in. So you have to get the gang back together to record it. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. I just thought it was a repeated cash grab. No, oh. no, it's, oh, it's the first so cash grab. That's why we get the acoustic version, the live version. And wait, then- wait. I'm going to talk about that a lot. <laughs> All right, so the video is new metal as hell, Oh yeah. right? Trapped is playing a show attended only by white people while garbage blows around. (laughs) (laughs) So there's like, just like uh, the Godsmack video we talked about, there's a montage of a kid getting yelled at by his boss at his fast food job. And then another kid's in his car and his dad's yelling at him because my audience will relate to this, right? At about the 130 point, Burger Boy stomps off of his job and he takes his little paper hat off to reveal his like sick long blonde hair. Uh, which is and then the kid in the car tells his dad to fuck off and like you can read his lips like that's what he says so that was super edgy the next thing you know burger kids at the trap show up front rocking out and then there's like a pretty blonde girl with smeared makeup on her face but they only show her twice i don't think she ever goes to the show i don't know what she was there for at all and then this is where i know that the bass player is super extra and he never plays his bass so much as he like punches the strings when he plays for dramatic effect not not gonna lie though and again story of the year callback oh yeah the the wireless mic come on dude we all know who you want to be not gonna lie though you know it's uh it's kind of a fun video. Oh, yeah. It's not horrible. It's way better than most bands' default like footage that my girlfriend took of me at a festival montage over the studio recording. I will say that as far as what I think are the three main uh, kid in a car getting yelled at by their parents videos, you've got Stained, you've got uh, Godsmack, and you've got this one. I think Stained comes in number two, uh, top with, uh, you know, yeah. trapped, trapped coming in a respectable second. Godsmack, Absolutely. Yeah. Everything's better than that Godsmack video. It's awful. Yeah. Do you want to get into this, uh, th- these live versions? Okay. So in 2011, Trap released an album called Headstrong, which featured five different versions of the song Headstrong on that album. Trapped has put out six studio albums that have a version of Headstrong on it. They have even released a dubstep remix of it. Watching a one-hit wonder desperately cling on to the fame that they had almost 20 years ago is rough, and that's what this is. Okay, I, I need to jump in here, because beyond that dubstep remix, 
I need. I just need to address the fact that D Croups remixed this. Do you know about D Croups? I don't. They are the one of the top bands that pioneered the electronic and industrial music scene. This is like a band. They've been around since 1980, and they have a legit legacy. Uh, they are contemporaries of bands like Kraftwerk, and they're fucking with this Joker. Like I don't get it. What year? What year was that? Uh, this was on the. Uh, it was right after the Dubstep remix. You can go and find the D, uh, D Kloops remix. Weird. Like I would have got it if it happened earlier. Because like here, here's my thought on Trapped is that their label believed in them. Like they dumped a ton of money into this album. Like you don't get a video that slick and production from Guga Garth on your debut record unless they think that you're about to pop. Yeah, some A and R. Actually, no. The A and R on that first one, when a single could still, you know, move units of an actual album, that A and R did fine, man. I and I just I hope he got out while the getting's good. Oh, for sure. Because I mean, Trap never had a hit again. They never had an album that was notable. The thing that is confounding about Trapped is their choice in covers, and they do covers. Uh, the one that sent me into an apoplectic rage was their cover of Depeche Mode's Policy of Truth. Oh, God, I didn't hear it. Why does that oh, exist? Dude, it's it's on like one of those like live remix blah, blah, blah albums. It's, dude, to take such an iconic song and just shit all over it. So their, their choice in covers is bands and artists that I like and I hate it. But I wanted to see who has actually covered Trapped. Oh. So I went to whosampled.com. It's a great resource. And I looked for bands that have covered Trapped. Here's what I found. Nick, do you know what I found who's covered Trapped? No idea. Kids Bop and the Vitamin String Quartet. Wait, did you say Kids Bop? Kids Bop. Go on YouTube and search for Kids Bop Headstrong and you'll find children chanting. It begins with children chanting, Headstrong! Headstrong! <laughs> all right, we will, we will link to that as well. Um, I'm going to post trapped content all week. <laughs> I, uh, Nick, I would rather play my child ISIS recruitment videos. <laughs> Then have them listen to Kids Bop Trapped covers. Oh, God, that doesn't, doesn't need to exist. And then the Vitamin String Quartet, who, if you ever search for, like, like they've done some good stuff. They have, like, a, an Under Oath classical music tribute album. I listen to it in the morning. It's awesome. Uh, they do a lot of good kind of inspired choices when it comes to, you know, like, uh, string quartet covers of bands. Uh, it's great for weddings and stuff. I'm sure there will be some at my wedding. But a vitamin, the Vitamin String Quartet did a whole cover album that's 49 minutes of classical trapped, and then it ends with a trapped inspired song. Nick, this is why Mozart went deaf. <laughs> this, this whole album, ugh. Moving on. So that that's Headstrong. Wait, wait. Oh, but yeah. Before, before we leave Headstrong, may I please give you some far superior Headstrongs to Headstrong 2? Yes. Okay. My top three Headstrongs are, coming in at number three, we've got Headstrong by Ashley Tisdale. Ooh. She, uh, off of her debut LP, Headstrong, she's the uh, actress from the Disney shows uh, The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, along with uh, High School Musical. And you know what? It slaps. It's a club banger. <laughs> so please check out uh, Headstrong by Ashley Tisdale. Coming in at number two is uh, Headstrong by Seven Mary Three. Here, we're getting some real strong, like, Neil Young, Pearl Jam vibes. I'm not mad at it, man. Seven and Mary 3 kind of... Yeah, cool. Yeah, I might have to go in. Uh, I hated that first uh, single that they had. Too wrong or too rock, too black or oh. too white. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible, but I don't know what they're doing on this track, but I'm here for it. And then the number one Headstrong to Headstrong Along to is Headstrong by 10,000 Maniacs. Whoa. Yeah, it's a great Headstrong. Yeah, Natalie Merchant rules. Yeah, exactly. And that's off the album Blind Man Zoo. 
It's a really, uh, like, I'm not even joking. It's a really solid song. The uh, first uh, 10,000 Maniacs song I ever heard was that Because the Night cover. So good. Yeah, which, like, kind of led me into my appreciation of Bruce. Amen. Everybody, unfortunately, like, that's the best song in the album, so get ready for shit town. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, we're probably going to just breeze through these songs so I can tell you some more stuff about Chris Taylor Brown. <laughs> um, uh, the next song uh, is called Made of Glass. Mm-hmm. Um and you can hear right off the bat that bands like the Get Up Kids and Thursday were starting to influence the heavy guys. Oh, yeah. Right? So this is recorded in 2002. Like, in a couple minutes, I'll tell you what other albums came out in 2002. And, like, I think that Garth had a feeling like these guys are dead in the water if I don't do something to make sure that they're going to be able to attach to that wave. Yeah. Like, here he's totally getting in his emotional bag. Um, it flips from him seeing into people on its head, and now people can see through him. And I'm telling you right now to enjoy it because it's the shortest song on the album. Yeah, it, it, it is. And like, like I said before, Chris has a pretty decent voice, but there's no hooks on this thing. And I forgot what the first chorus sounded like by the time we got to the second one. The next track, or unless you have more on Made of Glass. No, I don't. <laughs> All right, cool. The next track is called Hollow Man. Dude is trying hard to get that Brandon Boyd money. <laughs> yeah, he he sees all sorts of shit. First, we're hollow. Then we're made of glass. Then it's just like it's how many just emo like cliches could you drag out of the closet on this? Right over an incubus guitar part. I mean, I found an article in Iowa State Daily where a Traps bassist Peter Sherell, who you say is still in the band, mm-hmm. good for Petey. Uh, I would compare us to Incubus because I don't really know what else to say we sound like. He then also drops uh, cred to Corn and says that they're a huge influence, which is funny because my Corn detector did not go off one time while listening to this. I song. will say this is exactly the level of lyricism that I had when I was in my in, in a band as a teenager. Oh yeah. This is where yeah. this is where I kind of topped. Yeah, I don't ever want to see I don't ever want to be like you. Yep. <laughs> yep, that um the, there is a a new metal trope in this song though. Uh it's we get a go. Mm. Uh-huh. So so he shouts go, but then the band forgets that they're supposed to do something heavy and we get like twinkly guitars and then like a whiny scream. There is a nice scream. I do like that scream at the end. Uh, that was yeah. uh so uh, shout out to Garth for making that happen right listen to this lyric oh my god so pretentious your lies unrelenting disguise creating tears in your eyes your mind withers and dies this new metal af oh can i cringe i believe in fringe (laughs) theories that singe the uh, the asshole within i don't know (laughs) dude so bad um so the next song is called These Walls, and I'd like to point out the irony of a guy singing about trying to find no walls when 18 la- years later, his Twitter page is all about building walls. <laughs> um, the mandolin in falsetto kind of threw me on this one. <laughs> Where did that come from? I, I don't know, but this guy really wants to tear down the walls. I don't think that was Guga Garth. I think that was Chris like the mandolin stays. <laughs> <laughs> just like the chimes in the last in, in hollow man like i guarantee you that chris showed up with his little chimes his little little wooden chimes oh yeah. yeah no this is like it adds an atmosphere to it we're more than just a rock band like we got fucking feelings it's yeah. just bad it's bad but for real like i love mandolins but you can't put a mandolin in a new metal song like the, let the decemberists do what they do yeah <laughs> I, I will tell you that it's at this point in the album that i had to take a break <laughs> for a week <laughs> uh let's move on to still frame still frame is the second single from this album released on may 20th 2003 it was a minor hit on some rock radio stations and it somehow for a minute hit number one on billboard's hot mainstream rock tracks chart i don't think it was there for very long i was actively forgetting how this song went as i was listening to it oh yeah oh yeah i mean i didn't think I ever heard another trap song aside from Headstrong, but once I heard, went and replayed this, I do vaguely remember hearing this on the radio. A I don't, times. man. It was it was like being in the movie Memento. Like I just did not remember this song as it was happening. I do want to point out: every time this guy swears, it sounds like a guy who's never used curse words before. He's so proud of his edginess. Go back to Headstrong. I see you're full of shit. Like. <laughs> 
It's like, oh God, he's. I like. I like how he predicts his future. The chorus of this song is "Please help me because I'm breaking down." <laughs> uh, the verses don't really seem to go with the choruses; like they feel like they belong to an entirely different song. The chorus isn't horrible. I mean, for the time, it's probably one of the best choruses on the album. At the end of the second verse, Chris asks himself an important question: uh, "What will this future hold for us? What the fuck are we gonna be?" Well, Chris, you turned out to be a real fucking asshole. <laughs> Moving on. Echo, which is the third single, didn't really do anything. Uh, but I'm going to talk about this one a little bit longer than the other ones because, like, it's not terrible. I don't mind it, man. Yeah. I think it's kind of catchy. Yeah, I think it probably should have been the second single. Like, it's definitely too long. And they should have, like, you know, Gugagarth should have been like, bro, let's let's squish this one. But if it was released before Headstrong had already lost its luster, I think it could have done well. There is an alternate reality where this band is like a decent mid-tier warp tour band that people look back on fondly totally and who gets like a good midday slot at riot fest and like gets played at emo nights definitely if they had a different name um and, and different politics and a different yeah right man, yeah and right just different everything <laughs> don't tell me that somebody in this band or giga garth didn't listen to like reggie in the full effect and the get up kids because like it it sounds like james deweese is playing keyboard on this song oh absolutely absolutely it does this is like bar it's cherry picking from all the different samplers that were floating around at warp tour yeah and it's just kind of like oh we could use that we could use that it's plagiarism Everything on here is like plagiarism. Yeah. I mean, it's a band that like could have retooled and been on Warp Tour instead, like insisted on trying to be on Ozfest. And I did look for any instance of Trapped actually doing a Warp Tour date. Couldn't find anything. Yeah. They, I mean, they just weren't marketed like that. I mean, they were a very, very major label band from the beginning, you know? Yeah. So this one has, uh, you know, the same lyrical nonsense um, that completely goes against how he acts on Twitter. I need to let go, let go, let go of this pride until this echo, echo, echo in my mind can subside. <sighs> Who hurt you, dude? I know, man. This guy's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the video? I did not watch the video for this one. So let me let me paint this for you because it's super weird. So it opens with Chris with no shirt on, laying in his bed with his arms behind his head so you can clearly see the trap logo on one bicep and the tribal armband on the other one this is also a guy that's never seen the inside of a gym like he's just there so but he's laying in bed next to a topless michelle trachtenberg huh yeah you know the girl from buffy and uh, euro trip yeah super cute right uh -huh. so they flash back and forth between them at like this fancy rich people party where multiple babes are giving him the eye and then back to the beach while he's like getting frisky with trachtenberg but he keeps like putting his fingers in her mouth it kind of weirds me out a lot then it shows the band playing in a warehouse but like none of the other band members get any screen time like they are very much trying to make chris taylor brown the front man and like he's He's not an ugly guy, but it's not like he's got movie star looks. He's not a particularly great looking guy. But again, not ugly, but not, you know, he's not Jared Leto, you know? Ten, ten bucks says he wrote the treatment for this. Oh, that piece of shit. And he's fucking sitting there going, no, Trachtenberg. We get Trachtenberg or I fucking walk. I will, I, you will not see Trapped again if I don't get Trapped. <laughs> God, yo, you're, he saw, he saw Euro Trip and was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get that one. She makes my head strong. Oh, no. Anyways, so back at the fancy party, she makes the mistake of dancing with some other boner, and Chris leaves with a new babe that he just picks up instantly. Um, the video ends with Chris and Michelle separated by a chain link fence in black and white. She looks at him longingly, and he slowly turns his shoulder and walks away in a real cool leather jacket. Chris Taylor Brown is basically James Dean. He's so cool. Oh, God. It's... It, it, is it like a weird mixture of of a uh, rebel without a cause and Schindler's List at the end? Yep, that's exactly what. Yeah, God. Uh. <laughs> All right, on to the next one. Uh, the game. I got nothing. Uh, yeah, he he just opens the song with "How have you been? Nice to see you again." How quickly these conversations seem to end. Too bad this conversation goes fucking forever because this song is five minutes of nothing. <laughs> I was so angry that this is what I I just closed the laptop. And I, I had to take a couple days off. <laughs> all right. So the next song is When All Is Said and Done. And it's a new metal song. Yeah. Like, 
it's been kind of like soft most of this album so um i'm not mad about it no they, it's 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 not a bad song i mean he's still singing to himself stop trying to control everything and fuck what they say what do you have to prove yeah again they get in their incubus bag a little and yeah. they and he does the weird swearing thing he does the production saves it though like the, the guitars sound so good on this album they do and i just you know what this would be an album i look back on fondly if i looked back on it and if chris taylor brown wasn't on it yeah oh absolutely absolutely okay so enigma uh what a chorus so new metal hey i'm bleeding my soul is bleeding this sing-songy chorus it sounds like an old seafaring song on the worst pirate ship <laughs> hey i'm bleeding my soul is bleeding oh god do you ever stop and think that like somewhere out there in the world this is actively someone's all-time favorite song. Yeah, yeah, no, so uh, I'm not kidding. So sometimes I see him post online and like an actual fan comments, I love Trap, this was high school right here. And God, I feel bad for anybody that was super into this in 2002 and 2003 when the rest of us were listening to Deja on Tendu by Brand New, The Ugly Organ by Cursive. Fucking AFI put out a new album in 2003. This album came out the same time as Taking Back Sundays, Tell All Your Friends, and Alexis is on Fire's self-titled. This is the same year Poison the Well put out Tear from the Red, Glass Drop put out Worship and Tribute, Thrice put out The Illusion of Safety, and Hot Water Music put out Caution. And, and these kids are listening to Tracked. That whole stretch of like 03 to 08 is probably my favorite time in music. Dude, and it was the best. It was the absolute best. And if you look at my at my closet, it's nothing but black t-shirts that reaffirm that statement. Oh, absolutely. Wrap your head around this, man. Somebody's first dance at their wedding was to a Trapped song. Oh, and yeah, it's, it's the next song, Stories. Yep, yep. <laughs> It's like this acoustic guitar comes out of nowhere. Like, oh, it's, it's just a, it's a, a mess. little palate cleanser. Oh, I, I will yeah. say, though, it's the same shit that we've been getting. But for the past couple episodes, we've been pretty deeply steeped in misogyny. Yeah. And it's nice to have a dude who, while batshit crazy, appears to respect women. And that would make him the second worst Chris Brown. <laughs> That's a pretty low bar to clear. All right. You want to talk about New Beginning? Whew, okay. New Beginning, it, it, is he trying to write music to be played on like a 24-hour loop to break the wills of insurgents who have like taken hostages and barricaded themselves inside a government building and negotiations have broken down? Because fucking congratulations, dude. You did it. <laughs> If the, if the FBI had trapped by trapped during Waco, David Koresh would have surrendered on the third day. No, he would have set himself on fire earlier. <laughs> oh, God. So this song isn't good, but that's Chris's fault. Like, the instrumentation is pretty good. The band sounds great. It's, it's just Chris's vocals suck. Why, why is it so long? I don't know. And then at the end, it just spirals into this uninteresting chaos noise bullshit. Like, like at the very end, they're they're talking to G -G -G Garth, and they're like, "No, man, like Tool. We got to be more like Tool." Oh, dude, they absolutely listed Tool as their list of uh, bands that influenced them, and Phil Collins. Yeah, that was. That, you know what? I love Phil Collins. Invisible Touch yeah, Phil is, is one dope. of yeah. Invisible Touch is one of my favorite albums by Genesis, and. You are disrespecting the good name of Phil Collins. Fuck you. Uh, all right. So let me tell you a little bit about Chris Taylor Brown. <laughs> um, he's a petulant man child using his platform to say nah, 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 nah to the entire internet. He spouts off half-baked right-wing talking points. And when criticized says 2 million Spotify and 2.6 million Pandera users mean I will make more money on any given weekend than you'll make all year. So he actually said that to somebody. So I, I needed to know the math on that. So I reached out to a couple different uh, 
people I know. Uh, Spotify apparently doesn't pay all artists the same. One act uh, asked for this show said they were paid 0.0016 cents per stream. And another said 0.06 cents, but it's a little bit more if you're famous. So the royalties on a couple million spins on Spotify is between $3,000 and $12,000. So let's assume high, right? Also, let's assume that he's getting any royalties at all for Headstrong because he probably isn't. 52 weekends in a year, $12,000 $12,000 divided by 52 equals $230.77 each weekend. So eat shit, Chris. <laughs> and let's not forget that you've got to get about 30 seconds into that. So. Oh, right. Well, and also I love how he's like 2.6 million Pandora users. Shut up, dude. Some dude that typed in Chevelle was forced to sit through a trap song. You can't pick what you listen to on that platform. It's a Russian roulette, but if you get trapped, the outcome is far more worse than real Russian roulette because you have to listen to draft. Oh God. You want to know what he thinks of his fans? Please. He, he goes after people online all the time and it's always this like, Oh, you were somebody that mommy neglected or you were somebody that didn't have the loudest voice in daycare and you always need attention. And so then, he went in on metal because he decided they're not a metal band, which they clearly aren't. And he said that people that listen to metal were thrown into garbage cans in high school and that Straps real fans, they're the, this is a quote, all American football player types that would throw them into the garbage cans. <laughs> so not only is he a bully on the internet, he likes to think his fans are as well. So this is the culture that Chris lives for. Um, We're writing this the week of all the Black Lives Matter protests shortly after the murder of George Floyd. Chris has spent the last couple of weeks of his platform to claim that George Floyd was responsible for his own death while also falsely claiming that he resisted arrest. His quote was, Floyd played a bigger part in his death than someone truly assassinated by a shot in the back of the head down some alley, which is just a fucking weird thing to say. Um, he keeps insisting, it, and because the tox report came back that he had drugs in his system, that that had something to do with it. I mean, yeah, that that's the equivalent it, of it didn't. That's the equivalent of oh, he had weed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's bullshit. Like this isn't like the the fact that he was killed by a cop that had his knee on the guy's neck for nine minutes isn't controversial. That's what happens. Um, I'm not taking a political stance here that he got killed by a police officer. It's not controversial unless you have a different agenda like Chris. He called Black Lives Matter the newly resurrected KKK on his Facebook page a couple years ago. He's used his account to encourage militias to commit vigilante justice, has called a noted billionaire Mark Cuban a communist, and spread nonsense about the coronavirus, including how people that feel the need to wear masks are crazy. He's claimed that the Chinese government was throttling his tweets and that metal websites that criticize him are Bernie bitch beta cucks. <laughs> so, you know that guy that uses the word cuck as an insult on the internet? That's Chris. That He's that guy. Oh, uh, well, hey, shout out to the guy who's fucking Chris's wife. <laughs> Can I share a theory with you? hundred uh, percent. Okay, so as I've been listening to Trapped and as I have been fucking exposed to this garbage. I've cultivated a theory. So bands and acts like Aaron Lewis from Stained and Three Doors Down have successfully made the jump from being like new metal acts to what I like to call USO core. And that is that they have this second act in their careers where it's like, fuck yeah, the troops, the troops are heroes. You know, the respect, back the blue. And it's like this really jingoistic bullshit patriotism. It's pandering. I think that Chris Taylor Brown looked at what they were doing and goes, I can do that. And he tried and he wound up being like Boogaloo. (laughs) He did. He did. He he definitely wanted to be like, well, Kid, Kid Rock, he, you know, there, there can be voices on the right and there can, that's fine, man, do what you want. But yeah, he just accidentally like radicalized himself on by <laughs> <laughs> like this guy's politics are straight from suggested videos on YouTube. Like he probably thinks that earth is flat. I have another note here. Is this dude actually Q? Oh fuck. You solved it. <laughs> I think I did. I think oh, no. this dude is actually I mean, QAnon. You know if he posted this shit on Twitter that he's posted more like vile hateful shit from an anonymous account on 8chan. Yeah, oh, absolutely. This guy's like top contributor on Stormfront. Oh, gross. So so this guy he 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 takes himself extremely seriously. He doesn't have a sense of humor and when people come at him, he breaks down like a little baby. As I said, he blocked me 
or he blocked us. He blocked our show on Twitter because I made a little joke about using his music to disperse a crowd. He couldn't take it. So there is a trapped parody account. Please check it out. It's trapped official, but it has two A's. Uh, it originally <laughs> was trapped official and the, um, like he used a, a one for the L or something at the end and he made it, he copied their, their logo and he made it look like the official trapped account. And he started saying shit that sounded like shit that Chris would say, but it wasn't really him. So my favorite one, this is such a good joke. All right. So he tweeted posing as Chris Taylor Brown. There's no way any of you fucking posers could learn headstrong on guitar. We can't even play it. I haven't played a real guitar on stage since George W. Bush was president. <laughs> That's a great account. Chris threatened to sue him because of course he did. And like, uh, anyway, it, it, it kind of went away, but the account is still there. Trapped official with two A's. Give him a follow. It's real funny. Do you mind if I chime in with something? No, absolutely. Usually what we've kind of established as a uh, theme on this show is reading a uh, crazy Chris Taylor Brown tweet. Yeah. I don't want to give this guy the fucking satisfaction of an episode about him of reading more of his bullshit. And instead, I would like to take this moment to give you guys a couple links to groups that you can support and uh, groups that you can follow and sites that you can visit to help break the cycle of bullshit that he's spouting out there. Uh, the first one I'm going to recommend is the National Police Accountability Project. And you can visit there and find out what they're all about and uh, make a donation. And that's nlg-npap.org. They're doing really good work. Uh, a lot of bands that I respect are uh, doing you know, merch prints uh, to donate to them. I made a donation. Please check it out. The second one that I want to tell you about is the Black Immigrant Collective, and that is a Minnesota-based nonprofit that provides aid and legal support and uh, defends them against uh, deportation and detention, and that is facebook.com slash Black Immigrant Collective. Go there, check out what they're about. They'll have a link for you to donate. And the last one that I want to mention isn't a uh, place to donate, but I feel like it's really important in our scene and I don't care what music scene you're in to support black bands, support black artists, because I'm more into hardcore and punk as are you, Nick. Head over to Afropunk.com and check out everything they've got going on. They have a festival in Atlanta every year uh, with a, bun a range of amazing acts, but they've got really good uh, just links to artists. Definitely check that out. Hell yeah. We'll put those links on the social so you can go ahead and just head to our stuff and, and get to that. We've given this guy about all the attention that he needs and all the coverage. So let's jump to where are they now? <laughs> Trap continues to put out albums and the artwork of each album somehow gets worse with every new album. Please look these up. I'm going to start putting them on the day's Insta leading up to the release of this episode. Their album covers look like they were designed in a junior college Photoshop class in 2001. It's the type of design that you would see on one of those bots that generate shirts based on your search history. Oh, God, yeah. And then put them on a shirt for you and go, fuck, that's me. No, it, it, yeah, it's like, I think Chris probably designed them or like his wife is a graphic designer or something who like just learned how to use the gradient tool. 100%, they are not paying for the stock no. photography that they are ripping off of Google. No, 100% not. I read on an interview that Chris did while on tour in Australia, they were on some package on um, this wasn't that long ago where um, they asked him, tell us something about yourself that we don't know. And he said that he likes to sing karaoke and he just goes up there and blows people away. Kevin, how often do you think this dude goes to bars and karaoke's headstrong? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> this is it. Every single tour. Okay. Somebody out there. Take the trapped tour dates, put them against karaoke nights at that same bar and grill. I need to know, is he just showing up at karaoke nights and calling it a trapped tour? <laughs> or or is like he's sneaking karaoke bars after the show where you can go have an after party and just sing headstrong. Um, he literally says, I just blow people away. Yeah, he probably could if he did trap. They'd be like, he sounds just like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um they also asked him if there's any artists. Well, they asked him if there's any band he would trade places with. And he said the Beatles, because fuck him. Um, and then, they yeah, I wish he would trade places <laughs> with John Lennon. <laughs> they asked uh, what artists he would like to collaborate. And this pandering motherfucker said Post Malone. 
Get the guy from Trapped on the phone. No, no, the face tattoo can wait. I need to, I need to torpedo my career now. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy just wants to be relevant again so bad, and he's doing whatever he can do to get there. At the end of the day, Chris Taylor Brown is just another participant in a long line of grifters that use their platform to shout out controversial political opinions in an attempt to cash in. He just can't fathom that it isn't working and is just cementing Trapped as a virtual bargain basement band for all time. That's it. That's all I have. That wraps up our episode on Headstrong by the band Headstrong. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been listening to, Kevin? Uh, a lot of Headstrong, and I really want that to change. But uh, when I'm not Headstronging my Headstrong to Headstrong, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, dude, that new Run the Jewels, yeah, I, I said it a couple episodes it. ago, it finally dropped, and uh, that is the album that we need right now. Uh, it is, it's, just, it's protest music, dude. Hell yeah. It's beautiful. I needed to go into a different space over the last couple of weeks. You mentioned earlier that I'm, I'm extremely online, and uh, I, uh, I keep an eye on a lot of things, and this has been kind of a dark and heavy week for me with, with a lot of the violence that's happened. So I needed something poppy. I needed some pop music, man. So I found this band called Cannons. They're out of LA. The album is called Shadows. Uh, the song I would like you to hear is Fire For You. If you like churches, it's on that vibe. So it's oh, awesome. a female-fronted electro-pop. It's got like some pretty sick uh, R&B guitar parts. And I, uh, I just really like it. Uh, it's, it's been in a really steady rotation for me. And these guys, I don't think, are, are signed. I think that they are. I mean, they make a lot of their money from getting their shows uh, or their songs on TV shows. And yeah, Cannons. Dude, I can't wait to check that out. Yeah. If you're listening uh, on Spotify, go over and search for the Days of the New playlist. We're going to go ahead and um, have a playlist that goes along with this show uh, so that you can follow along. So we're going to put uh, whichever song we're listening to every week on there for you. And we'll also put the key songs from the album that we're going to review. So if you want to play along, but you don't want to listen through all of a awful album like this one we'll just give you like the three songs that you want to hear. yeah and what i'm going to suggest is that if you do decide to listen to this album uh first of all may god have mercy on your soul second off don't go past the 30 second mark make sure this guy doesn't get paid hell yeah hell yeah all right, so we'll close it out. You can find us on social media at Days of the New, D-A-Y-Z of the New, N-U, on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find me at Nick underscore the underscore knife on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on Instagram at KJ Delory. That's D-E-L-U-R-Y. And you can't find me on Twitter exactly for the reasons outlined in this episode. Fair enough. All right, that's it. Everybody be good to each other. Kevin, what are we talking about on the next episode? Next episode, we're going to Southtown where that kid don't play. Hell yeah. We are reviewing P.O.D.'s fundamental elements of Southtown. Thanks again, guys. We love you. Rest in power, George Floyd. It's just one of those days! Oh,